What is going on, good people? It is Friday night, 11.05 p.m. That means it is time for Smack Talk here on the Wrestle Binge YouTube channel brought to you by Sports Kita as well as the Sports Kita Wrestling Facebook page. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Rick Uccino, SP3, and the wrestling legend himself, Dutch Mantel, will be with you guys for the next 45 minutes or so. Breaking down SmackDown, Rampage, and the big news of the day. Dutch, how you doing? Well, I'm doing good. I, I hear that you're sleepy because you're just a long time. A little bit. Well, a little bit. I'm, I'm, tr I'm, I'm trying to get amped up, fired up, get through this show, and then I'm going to sleep for a day. I'd walk over to you and just slap the hell out of you and wake you up. Hell, I've been slapping myself since 10 o'clock. It didn't really help much uh, <laughs> trying to get through Rampage. Not that it was a bad show, mind you, but it, it was a slog. SP3, what's going on? I am doing great. I am not doing as great as the Sports Keto Wrestling Awards coming up, guys. 2022 is over. It's all about the Sports Keto Wrestling Awards. Is. Everybody is. is talking about it. Everybody is thinking about it. And I am thinking about it. I don't even know if I can think about tonight's show of SmackDown or Rampage. I spent three hours watching wrestling. I didn't get a lot of sleep because all I've been thinking about is that Sports Keto Wrestling wrestling awards rick and dutch yes hey, and we will yes great, go ahead. a great a great candidate for male wrestler of the year and it neither one of you can even guess who it is all right well we will definitely get to that that's what we call in the business a tease all right that's a tease just to keep you hooked in and and watching the show throughout its entirety uh we'll get to smackdown we'll get to rampage dutch though Wanted to yep. get your thoughts on the big news story of the day. Uh, it has been speculated, rumored uh, that this this Roman Reigns rock match, which was supposed to go down at WrestleMania 37 when it was going to be in Los Angeles and has now been pushed off a couple of years to WrestleMania 39. Everybody assumed that this match was going to be going down, especially after WWE uh, started putting out new rock merchandise this week. Everybody started losing their minds on social media, thinking he might show up at the Royal Rumble, could win the Royal Rumble. We got the, the Roman Reigns acknowledgement ceremony. Every generation of the bloodline is going to be in attendance. That could be a big catalyst for the rock showing up. Everybody's excited. And then Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer today poured a big-ass bucket of cold water on everything uh, when he reported that unless things change, all right, plans change, pal, unless things change, minds are, are, are changed, decisions are, are reversed, The Rock does not feel as though he can get in ring shape enough to put on the kind of match that would live up to the hype. I'm paraphrasing there a little bit, but he doesn't think he has enough time to get into ring shape to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Are you buying that Dutch Mantel, or is that a smokescreen and a half? Uh, who reported it? Dave Meltzer. Well, hell no, I'm not buying it. He just makes crap up. It's like clickbait. Oh, The Rock says he may not be in bullshit. I hate to say that, but what Rock is... If he is doing that, what he's looking for is another zero out there on, at the end of that check. That's what he's looking for. You think, and how, how does Meltzer get this information anyway? I think he sits around and I think he reads it somewhere. I think he writes it down and then reads it back to himself. So therefore, he's, he, he found it somewhere and just makes it up. 
No, I don't think Rock is worried about that he may not be in wrestling shape. I think the Rock may be worried that he, he wants maybe a record payoff or something. I don't know. But no, I am not buying that. If WWE wants him, he will find the time to get out there. Believe me. Uh, Sid, I would buy the fact that if the excuse were, you know, he doesn't think he could be, he could fit it into his schedule. He's got a movie coming up. We know the last time that he wrestled a, a legit one-on-one match, uh, he did suffer an injury that, that almost uh, ruined the filming of Hercules at the time. So insurance, things of that nature, those all come into play rock schedule at that. If it was the same old, same old that we heard with him, I'd be more inclined to buy that. But this is something that has been in the works for a long time. If you know, you have this coming up, the Rock is going to work on his cardio, and I think that's that's the key thing here. People immediately jumped on this report and, and as like Dutch would say, called it bullshit because you look at The Rock and he look he's he's fucking chiseled out of stone, right? Like he's in shape. Big difference though between ripped and jacked, and then in in ring shape, which is what I believe that Meltzer is talking about here. So I could buy that being a slight concern. But if you know you got this coming up, you're going to be working on this, right? Uh, to me, this is a smokescreen. I think somebody fed this to Meltzer to, to kind of well, throw a is, shadow of doubt on the fact and try to get people to doubt the obvious that might be coming up here, SP3. So what you're saying is, Rick, it's bullshit. Won't you just say it's bullshit instead of going through a long, detailed I believe that I believe that Meltzer was told by somebody that The Rock is concerned about his cardio. I believe that is what he was told. Well, do I believe be. that? Do I believe that The Rock actually believes that? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure. SP3, your thoughts? I am on the fence, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm on the fence because of the last time The Rock was in a main event matchup at WrestleMania 29, the first ever WrestleMania I was there live for. He got injured in that match against John Cena for the WWE Championship, and it cost production for Hercules millions of dollars. So if there is a chance that The Rock is not in in-ring shape, I don't think he is going to perform. The reason why I'm on the fence and I'm not saying I'm saying the report is true is because he had three years to get healthy, to get into in-ring shape. They've been planning this match since 2020 when the when Roman Reigns yeah. reign began. So the yeah. math ain't mathin', yeah. Rocky. The math ain't rap mathin', Dwayne. The math ain't mathin', David. I'm sorry. It just don't make too much sense there that he's saying now, three months before the show, oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to get into in-ring shape. This feels like a, a smokescreen because all the tea leaves was telling us the graphic for the Raw Rumble. Why is it electricity going everywhere? Yeah. The, the You know, it's in Texas, but the Longhorn and the bull and the Brahma Bull, you can get that type of thing. Then there was all the posts on their social media and YouTube pages. They all randomly just put out The Rock making the challenge to John Cena for WrestleMania. Then today they have the top 10 best moments in Royal Rumble history. It's The Rock holding the WWE Championship at, in 2013. This week they said they put out new merchandise for The Rock. So the tea leaves was basically telling us that maybe it's a possibility that The Rock might show up at the Men's Royal Rumble to set up the WrestleMania main event. And I think this was The Rock very 
very smartly going to the main wrestling journalists in the business and putting out a little a little smoke screen to be like oh it's not happening because it's the same thing edge did back in 2020 when all the reports came out that he was cleared to wrestle he sent out a report to to melt to like no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm I'm actually in talks with AEW. And what did he do? He showed up at the Royal Rumble. So I think it's smart on The Rock to make it a bigger surprise because honestly, if it's not The Rock winning, this is the most telegraphed winner of the Royal Rumble of all time. This might be more than Roman Reigns in 2015, Triple H in 2002, with all these video packages for Cody Rhodes. They are hitting you over the head that he's the favorite to win. So I don't want that. I'm sorry. I think that Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, if it's for the Undisputed Universal Championship, is even more problematic than The Rock versus Roman Reigns. Because one, it's not as big of a match. And two, both results of that matchup, I think is a issue for WWE. A lot of people not buying it. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Dutch. What were you saying? No, I said, I guess he told you. He, <laughs> I think he, he told all of us. I time. Three minutes for that three minute for him to say it's bullshit. <laughs> Steven Chambers not buying it in the chat as well, saying a lot can happen between now and mania. I'll say this much, right? I if the rock is not gonna be at the Royal Rumble, if he's not in the Royal Rumble match, then he could still show up at Mania, right? But Triple H would have to get creative and figure out how to get The Rock in a match with Roman Reigns without having him win the Royal Rumble. He'd have to work around the Royal Rumble, which is the second year that the Royal in a row that the Royal Rumble would end up being an obstacle instead of one of your big main events that's used to set up the main event of WrestleMania. Uh, but if The Rock's not in the Royal Rumble, I pity whoever is number 30. Because unless it is somebody like a John Cena or a Stone Cold Steve Austin or somebody like that, whoever is number 30 is going to get shafted just like poor Rey Mysterio did when people wanted Daniel Bryan. So better save that spot for Austin Theory because he's going to get booed the fuck out of the building anyway. Uh, make sure to uh, get your comments in, guys. We'll try to get uh, uh, to as many of them as possible possible and let's start right there with the bloodline tonight uh this is was the storyline that took center stage built the entire show around this and it's just brilliant storytelling tonight that started with sammy just getting left out to dry on a fist bump by roman reigns and immediately it was like oh okay we got trouble in paradise and we are off and running and then it is a series of, of conversations and Paul Heyman working his magic throughout the night. And it sets up what we saw at the end. So kind of just going a piece by piece here. So Roman leaves Sammy hanging as the, the bloodline arrives there. He threw out the fist bump and the tribal chief said, nah, bubba, nah. And then we see Sammy ask to talk to Roman Reigns and, and Reigns is like, look, just I knew you were pissed off about something last week, so tell me what's going on. Tell me the truth. Sammy airs out his grievances about what happened last week, upset that he wasn't uh, involved in the planning, felt like he was given this opportunity and didn't like the fact that that he was uh, misled, maybe maybe used a little bit, as, as Kevin Owens has told him over and over again. And then Roman gets pissed off SP3 and just says, 
Get the hell out of my locker room. Go find Kevin Owens somewhere. Go find your own bloodline. Get away from me. I don't want anything to do with you right now. And again, a, a very tumultuous opening up to the show here uh, as as and they kind of progressed throughout the night. But uh, yeah, Roman Reigns just getting pissed right off the bat and saying, get the hell out of my locker room. Uh, that that opened some people's eyes to start the show this evening. Good opening. And and like you said, good storytelling. Because we know when it's coming. They have teased it so much. And that as that is enough to keep you all the way through the show. So very, very good, very good tease all the way through the show. Great storytelling, like you said. And then SP3, Paul Heyman tonight, being the wise man that he is. Uh, doing a little bit of a callback here, telling uh, Roman Reigns why he needs to keep Sami Zayn in the bloodline, noting that he never liked Sami in the first place, whether that's bullshit or not. You know, we'll we'll leave it up to to Paul Heyman, just you know, covering his ass. But the fact that he sits here and he tells Sami or tells Roman that um, he should keep Sami around because it'd be better to have him pissing outside of the castle than standing on the outside of the castle and pissing inside of it. Uh, it was good work by Paul Heyman tonight as, as well. And especially, and this is something you pointed out on Twitter, Paul Heyman's facial expressions throughout most of these conversations tonight just absolutely sold these segments. Pitch perfect facial expressions. Like how he gets scared when Roman Reigns gets angry and he's just like, he's like fearful in the background. Then you have the segment where he, you know, he goes to tell Sammy that Roman wants to see and then you get the back and forth with, with Sammy and Roman and Roman actually once again apologizing to Sammy. And all the while, Paul Heyman is back there all red eye crying like, oh, my God, <laughs> he's like he's like getting emotional. He was the MVP of this show for me, and especially at the end of the show as well. I thought it was very subtle how they played. Paul Heyman's character and I do believe what he told Roman that he's never liked Sammy because if you remember the first segment that they had together back in April of 2022 he did not want to deal with Sammy he wanted Sammy to go away he didn't want to give Sammy the opportunity to snitch on RK bro and Drew McIntyre which started this whole Sammy Zayn with the bloodline story so he didn't even want to have them it's been going so long I actually forgot that the way it started. I've, I've totally forgot, but it doesn't matter. They've already hooked me on the story and I'm in it. Just because somebody like you, you just reminded me of that. And it really doesn't really, it, it's just how they started. But they have, again, they've taken, I, I, I preached this forever. Patience, patience, patience. And eventually it will pay off. And this will be a big one, a huge one. So I'm I'm really curious now as to as to what they got coming up. Yeah, this this Sami Zayn uh, babyface turn is coming like a freight train. Uh, Paul uh, Paul Heyman finds Sami backstage after Heyman uh, talks to to Roman says, "Hey, Tribal Chief wants to see you." So he sits down with Roman again. Roman apologizes says he says he now he understands what Sami was saying. Now he wasn't listening before he. He Sammy just wants clear communication and he promises to keep him informed of the plans moving forward so he's not out of the loop. 
And then he gives them a laundry list of things to do. Get the jet fueled up, find the Usos, get the car running so they can sign the contract and get the hell out of there. Which, of course, leaves the tribal chief uh, available or not, excuse me, not available, but vulnerable uh, toward the end of the night. But again, going back to what you said, SP3, I love what Heyman, Heyman did here after um, Roman kind of accepted Sammy back in and said, yeah, we're going to make you a part of the loop from this point out. He kind of just leans into him here and he says, thank you, my tribal chief. And it wasn't like it was a thank you for bringing Sammy back. It was really more like a thank you for listening to me. And yeah. thank you for trusting me as your, your wise man and your counsel to the tribal chief. Thank you for listening to me and making my job relevant. That's what really kind of sold that, that last little bit for me. Cause this was more for Paul Heyman making himself valuable to the bloodline than, than anything else that he was doing for Sammy tonight. So Paul Heyman always looking out for numero uno. I well, thought that was really good. Great job. And Paul is Paul's been perfect in this. They've all been perfect in this. They got a story. They're just telling the story in little small increments. No, they don't need to. Only thing left to do is to shoot the angle. And I think they will. When do you think they'll shoot that angle? WrestleMania? I wouldn't be surprised if it happens next week because they're making it more heavy with the with the teases of Roman's kind of uh, patience with Sammy is running out. But I don't think we made it big enough deal a couple of weeks ago when Sammy when uh, Roman apologized to Sammy, because let's think about this whole bloodline here. This man humbled, embarrassed and beat up Jay Uso back in 2020. In the Hell in a Cell against Jay Uso, this man choked out an injured Jimmy Uso. These are his cousins. Yeah. Paul Heyman, when Paul Heyman was stuck in the middle of him and Brock Lesnar, this man punched him in the face and made Paul Heyman basically play as a secret agent to betray his best friend, Brock Lesnar, to come back in the good graces of the tribal chief. All three of those people never got an apology. And now Roman has apologized to Sammy twice, yeah, twice, just to keep him in the good graces. So does is Roman really like fearful of Sammy being away from the bloodline? What Sammy can do when he's against the bloodline? It's a lot. It's it, you have to ask these different questions, yeah. and that's what makes this angle, this whole everything they're doing, so amazing to watch. Like I've never been watching a. It's been a while since I watched a WWE backstage segment on the edge of my seat. Like I'm always whenever it's Roman and Sammy and Paul. I'm watching Paul for the facial expressions. I'm hearing what Romans think. What's Romans saying? And then I'm waiting for Sammy and I'm very careful to listen to what Sammy says because I'm always careful that Sammy might say something that makes Roman snap. It is very a tense yeah. moment. These it feels real. And that's what makes this whole thing one of the best storylines WWE has put together in a decade. And if you, you know if you Net Netflix could take this or HBO and put a special together and make it seem like it really, really happened the way they do things. This happened, and then this, and this, and the way they do it—that'd be that they could actually do a two-hour special on this that I would watch, because they've told that good of a job with it, I believe. And you look, the story is one thing, but it's also the performances too that are really selling it. And Sammy has been absolutely brilliant in this, and you could see this whenever he was talking to Roman Reigns tonight. SB3, you're talking about you're listening intently. 
to see if he says anything that sets off the tribal chief. You can tell that Sammy in the lines that he's delivering is deliberately being careful with every single word that he chooses. So he doesn't piss off Roman Reigns and more often than not, he ends up putting his foot in his mouth any damn way. Um, all of the talking going on backstage was great, which made the end of the night perfect because the talking was done. The talking was over. There was no, we didn't need to hear anything else from Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens was not in a mood whatsoever to talk at all. He hits the ring. He chucked Solo Sokoa out, hits Roman Reigns with a stunner. The Usos were supposed to be getting the car ready. They end up running down. Kevin Owens whoops their ass. Then he pop up power bombs Roman Reigns through a table as Paul Heyman screams on. And then finally, here comes the straggler. It's Sami Zayn. He gets down there. He's hesitant to get in the ring. Paul Heyman is giving him that look. Once again, just planting a seed of doubt and another storyline angle to follow up with, whether it's Monday or Friday or at the Royal Rumble. And now, once again, SP3, we have no idea where Sami Zayn stands in all of this. And Kevin Owens got one on over on the bloodline tonight. And that's why I said I wouldn't be surprised if the bloodline turns on Sammy next week. And Sammy has an out. He has an excuse because Roman gave him the directions to go get the the, the jet ready, to go exactly. get SUV SUV ready, but how did the Usos who you who Roman also told Sammy to you know have them get ready in the SUV? How did they come down so fast? But Sammy didn't. So there's this all these different questions and all these different ways. I love how they told the story with the backstage segments. How it starts off with him uh, missing out on the fist. You get Roman mad at him, throw, you know, throwing him out the room. Then he comes back. He forgives him. He apologizes. To gives him his orders gives him the fist bump and then how we end the night that's why i was like this is like a perfect setup that if they wanted to go in the direction of just finally doing the turn they could be it could be in a surprise way on the go home show the day before the raw rumble they betray Sami Zayn, get him out the way so he's not an issue for the raw rumble well i could see a situation all right where look you talk about roman snapping what if they do some kind of an in-ring segment where Roman Reigns confronts Sami Zayn and they do this next next Friday on SmackDown or they could do it on Monday, whichever show that they're going to be on as, as their final big blow off for the Royal Rumble. And Sami does the ultimate foot in mouth moment where he says exactly what you did, SP3, where he said, look, I was where I was, I was because you told me to be there. And then Roman Reigns takes that as Sami Zayn saying, oh, this was the tribal chief's fault. This was Roman Reigns' fault. I left myself vulnerable. You weren't there, so this is Roman Reigns' fault. And then Roman snaps, and the bloodline beats the ever-loving piss out of Sami Zayn and just leaves him laying in the middle of the ring. I could definitely see uh, that being the 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 moment that that breaks everybody's heart, but at the same time, Dutch is is going to make everybody happy because the second that this finally happens, Sami Zayn is going to be set up for a monster babyface run. Oh, he is. But what if Kevin Owens shows up? Of course, everybody's going to be saying, "Help Sammy, help Sammy." Yeah. What if he doesn't help Sammy? Now that's another thought. Is it, there is so many ways to go on this that really makes sense. And I, I will say they have worked this 
I, we've said it before. It's it's a they have put this together brilliantly, and I don't think. Well, I'm gonna put my foot in my mouth. I don't think they could screw this up, but <laughs> they can. Believe me, they can screw it up. If they can get screwed up, they can. But I don't think they will. I think no. they're way ahead of the game on this one. Way ahead. So hey. who's rest of the year, Rick? <laughs> Oh man, I was gonna go. To, I was gonna go to some comments in the in the in the section here first before we 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 transition into. That. Well, well, I would. I just wanted to say I loved I loved the Paul Heyman look at Sammy because it was both of suspicion and it was a look of you made me look stupid for for talking the tribal chief into forgiving you into yeah. apologizing to you and making sure you're in his good graces and then you come out here late you missed all of this you you allowed this to happen love that Paul Heyman look at the at the end and that's why I said it it sets up a perfect kind of surprise turn for it where it's kind of like a festival of friendship type of turn that not a lot of people are expecting and it works twofold because it would be a surprise if it happens next week and two you completely eliminate the fact that Sami Zayn might be the Brian Danielson the Daniel Bryan of the 2023 men's Royal Rumble if he if you go through number 30 and people are one disappointed that there's no rock and two disappointed that there's no Sami Zayn in the in the Rumble they can avoid all of that by taking them out the day before very true. Uh, David Mann says, I think they wait until the rumble for the Sammy split. Uh, then it's full speed ahead into WrestleMania. I think if they wait until the rumble for to do the Sammy split, it's going to be Sammy who's who, who turns on the bloodline as opposed to the other way around. Cause that's still definitely a possibility to where Sammy gets fed up with everybody's bull and decides I don't screw this. I'm better than this. I don't need this anymore. Kevin Owens was right. And he attempts to help Kevin Owens. And Stephen Chambers said uh, earlier, Sammy is going to actually cost Rome in the match. Kevin Owens is going to win the title at the Royal Rumble. I don't see that happening. Um, I wouldn't be mad at it. I would be all for a, a shock swerve. Because at this point, I, I don't, unless it's Cody Rhodes in the main event at WrestleMania, I, I'm not picking Roman Reigns to lose ever <laughs> at this at this point i don't know who's beating them unless it's unless it's cody so i'll take a surprise win uh anytime uh we at any point and i'll i'll be the one to say it it should not be cody beating roman reigns at wrestlemania that is problematic in like i said before well we we'll, we'll dive it we'll dive into that at another time all right so as uh sp3 brought up and as dutch mantel has been asking me to bring up uh coming up next month we have the second annual sports kita wrestling awards you guys were uh a, a big part of what we did last year several different uh categories including uh male wrestler of the year female wrestler of the year uh, moment of the year uh, tag team of the year we had uh, a very esteemed panel of judges that were involved in this including dutch mantel himself and uh, renee paquette was involved in that uh, a lot of different people showed up to help uh, i believe vince russo was involved as well um so a lot of uh of people who were involved in that made that as a big success in our first year the judges are getting finalized right now the fan voting is going to start up next month and last year, Dutch, Roman yes. Reigns was named the Male Wrestler of the Year in 2021. 
He is the straw that stirs the drink in WWE right now. Do you feel like he has a chance to repeat in 2022? Oh, he has a great chance to repeat. Name another performer who's received the attention that Roman Reigns has. None of them. Nobody. So I expect him to to repeat as, as wrestler of the year. Although, I don't know if I would vote for him. Interesting. Because I think another guy, even though he's really low-key, has really shown me more, more potential, actually. And that's hard to that's hard to grasp after Roman has done all that he's done. But I would pick for me personally, and he's not gonna win, but I would pick Gunther as wrestler of the year. Because of he hasn't had a bad match at all. And the people buy him. And when he goes in there, he goes in there to beat somebody's ass. And the people, they're all eyes on Gunther when he's in there. Because his stuff looks solid. It looks real. You can even hear it. If you're ringside, you can feel it. So he is actually uh, playing his role well. And he just got started. So, And if he won wrestle of the year, it'd actually be, be too early for him. But I think he has shown enough potential to be considered in that in that category. That's who I would actually cast my ballot for. Maybe breakout star of the year, uh, if, if that's a category this year. Gunther could be uh, in that for sure. I don't hate that, actually. Um, like I said, maybe 2022 is a little early, but SP3, depending on how his booking goes this year, especially if he gets a match against somebody like a Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania and, and wins it, that could be the catalyst to a, a big 2023, and we could be looking at Gunther in a much, much bigger platform uh, at toward the end of this year. Yeah, I mean, Gunther's had a hell of a uh, intercontinental title run, like you said last week, over 200 days. He had the great match on SmackDown in December against Ricochet. He had great matches against Shinsuke Nakamura, of course, one of the matches of the year with Sheamus back at Clash at the Castle. He had the Donnybrook match with the uh, Imperium versus uh, Brawling Brutes at Extreme Rules. But for me, I think that it's more of like a second half of the year for, for Gunther. The first half of the year was kind of quiet, and then he wins the Intercontinental title in the summer and starts to stretch. I like to look at the performer that kind of performed throughout the whole year, and it really depends what the fans are going to be voting for. Do they want the best in-ring wrestler? Do they want the best guy on the promos, the best character, the biggest star, the guy who's the biggest draw? Do they want a guy that does all checks all the boxes more the complete players so it depends on what the fans are looking for in my opinion if you kind of look at everything i think it's a three horse race i i know that one of these options fans are not going to vote on because I'll, I'll be fair the fans here at sports keto are going to vote for somebody from wwe or aew 
but I think it's a three horse race for who was the best wrestler of the year in 2022 overall with Will Ospreay for what he did in New Japan Pro Wrestling, establishing the United States Championship as kind of on par with their top prize over there. He was a draw in New Japan, a draw in the independent scene at classic matches. No one had better matches throughout the throughout the year, like a catalog like Will Ospreay in 2022. Roman Reigns was the biggest star in the business, and I feel like his 2022 was actually much better than his 2021. So I agree with Dutch. He's a very high favorite to win this again. And I think it was more of a complete year and he more hit his stride like late, like in May. So I felt like it was different from 2021 where he kind of stopped having great matches after SummerSlam, in my okay, opinion. In a three horse race, who's the other guy? John Moxley. Moxley. That was my pick. That's my pick for, for wrestler of the year because he was the break glass in case of emergency for AEW. Yeah. Like every time AEW needed somebody to step up, be the top guy, it was John Moxley. He was Mr. great reliable, as, great as a character, great as that top star for the company, and a great world champion. I, uh, I would when is this coming out? Uh, so February is when the fan voting uh, is going to start. Don't have set dates yet. I'll say this much. I think m maybe you could split this up into two separate awards, right? Male wrestler of the year where you can go with the biggest act, the biggest star, which is Roman Reigns. And John Moxley is your most valuable professional wrestler, your MVP of the year, because Every single time that AEW was in a hole and they needed somebody to pull them out of it, it was John Moxley who did it. Yeah. CM Punk gets hurt. It's All right, we're going to make John Moxley our interim champion. CM Punk gets hurt and he freaking starts a fight with EVPs while eating cupcakes. All right, John Moxley is going to pull us out of the, the worst three week period in AEW history. This if you want Dutch Mantel to stop saying Rampage sucks, put John Moxley on the show. <laughs> that happens. God, that's what happened this year. John Moxley is that I dude. And I would like to do two separate awards. Roman Reigns, Wrestler of the Year. John Moxley, Most Valuable Professional Wrestler of the Year. Uh, we have people uh, in the chat saying uh, Cody Rhodes will win uh, Match of the Year. Uh, Seth Rollins as Wrestler of the Year. Uh, either Roman or Seth. Uh, for wrestler of the year match of the year is going to be interesting this year. I think a lot, I think that hell in a cell match between Cody and Seth is going to get a lot of votes, but I think that one is going to be uh, very, very close. Um, all right, guys, we need to, to move on here. And what was a, a very rough week for pro wrestling fans uh, losing uh, Jay Briscoe uh, this week. It was very fitting that SmackDown tonight was very tag team wrestling heavy tonight and it started with uh well for lack of a better term uh i thought a banger sp3 between the banger bros i can't believe that's actually the name that they're going with here against the viking raiders uh sheamus and drew get the win after uh a 20 minute clash here i love the finishing sequence you get sheamus hitting the knee you get mcintyre running in with the claymore sheamus hits the brogue kick they get the win. The crowd was going nuts for these four SP3, and they were uh, they were cooking pretty early on tonight. Hell of a match. Hell of a way to, to kick off the show. All got, all these guys were hard-hitting. It was all a bunch of hosses going out there and just beating the crap out of each other. And that's how I like the tag team matches. This was the best match that I saw on either show for the, for the night. The crowd was behind it. Dutch, what did you think about this opener oh, on SmackDown? Good match. 
Very good. When I first saw him come out there, I said, I don't know. You know, I was kind of felt. But the more I watched it, you know, they got it together. And they had, they ended up having a, a great match. But <clears throat> when they come out, I'm saying, I'm thinking, now, who is going to win this match? Because that's what every wrestling fan says. You know, you have your side. This guy can't lose. This guy. But they had a good finish. It was paced well. And I, I enjoyed, you know, we've knocked SmackDown so much in the past. But I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed that first match. My question is, when is Pat McAfee coming back? That's a good question. Might be at the Royal Rumble. He might be a surprise entrant into the Royal Rumble this year. Uh, they've they settled on these these two commentary. I think, man, if you could get him on Monday Night Raw, I think he would be a, a a bit of energy that that broadcast team needs. But he and Cole work so well together. Would you do a three man booth on SmackDown with 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 Wade Barrett? Where do you shuffle things? So. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if and when uh, he comes back. We did have three other tag team matches on the show tonight. Uh, Hit Row and Los Lotharios. Angel and Umberto, they were the stars of this match. It was not long at all, but it was great to finally see those two on television and getting to watch them do their thing. And then it was a quick little distraction from B-Fab, and then it was a roll-up and... Hit row wins and they move on, but man, Dutch, I, I want to see more of Angel and Umberto on on my TV screen. Those guys are good. Most of your Mexican wrestlers are great because that's why they that's why they're trained there. They can do they can do almost anything. So I hated to see them lose too, but it's probably the way to go. Losing doesn't mean anything on on Raw anywhere else. Look at. Uh, Look at the Vega girl, not the Vega girl. Who was a, what's the girl that went out against Charlotte Flair tonight? Oh, Sonya Deville. Yeah. yeah. How, how many matches did she lose right in a row? I, I can't remember the last time she won a match, to be honest. Yeah. And it, I don't think it hurt her at all. Because all they got, that's what they tell the guys in the back. Don't worry. Your time is coming. And then her, her time is here. So uh, SmackDown overall tonight, one of their better shows. And I, I enjoyed it. Uh, let's see. We had another tag team match there. SP three Legato del Fantasma beats maximum male models. Okay. <laughs> nice to see uh Mansois and Marseille on the show and Maxine, of course. I, like but poses. I, I can't remember the last time they were on the show. So I guess getting on the show is something, but you knew Legato del Fantasma was going to win it. But then the, uh, so uh, we had two tag team matches, four tag team matches tonight. Two were, eh, two were really good. You had the other one that was really good at Imperium defeating the Brawling Brutes, SP3. Yeah, I mean, this was a focus on the tag team division on the show. And what I learned from the show is that half of these tag teams are over and the other half are not. Hit Row is not over. Los Letharios, they don't use them enough. They looked really good. Humberto got huge. He got, he put on some muscle, some muscle mass. They looked like they were on the money and they were ready for the opportunity, but they're just not over because they don't use them enough. Maximum male models, if they should have listened to us and just put Dutch with them, they would have been over by now, but they're not over. Legato Fantasma, they're not over. But Imperium and the Ozzy agreed with you, by the way. Dutch is the uh, male model of the year in his uh, super chat here. 
Uh, and I, I actually, I can't sleep tomorrow, Ozzy, by the way. I can't sleep tomorrow because the Bengals play on Sunday. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll be able to get plenty of sleep. But we do appreciate the Super Chat, anybody who wants to uh, to send them in. Sorry to cut you off there. No, no, no. But, yeah, that's what I learned is that half of the tag teams are over, half of the tag teams are not. But Imperium versus uh, Brawling Brutes, that was good. That was a bunch of fun. Ridge Holland continues to improve, in my opinion. So I, I really enjoyed that match. I enjoyed two of the tag team matches. The other matches were But they were matches. short. They weren't long. Correct. They were matches. You, 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 you know what I learned tonight? There are eight established tag teams on one brand. That. That surprised me. Uh, genuinely, I'm like, holy shit! They filled out an entire bracket with that. They still only have two tag teams, maybe in the women's division total, but they got eight against tag teams on SmackDown. That's impressive. Yes, Dutch. Is is Triple H leading Raw Creative too? Yes. Mm-hmm. For now. I wonder why there's so much. There's such a disparity in the shows. Maybe that's uh, intent to try to make them feel like different brands, different shows, different vibes, different feels. Maybe that's the intent. They don't feel like different brands, different shows. They feel like the exact same show. This tournament felt like the the gauntlet that they did on, on, on Raw. Like They've established that they have filled in gaps. They signed enough people that they filled in gaps, and they actually have tag team male division. But like I said, they still need to get to the work of actually getting these guys over. That's the issue yes. that Triple E Triple E signed a bunch of people, but he hasn't done the work to actually get them over. It's a it's a long, long process uh, he's taking with some of these folks. That's for sure. Let's talk about Raw my- next week. It's the 30th anniversary of Special. Raw. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. And they're Babe. bringing a lot of people back. Including Hulk Hogan. People. That's going to go over well. Okay, what is Vince going to do? You think Vince will be on the show? Because he was he was on it tonight. He was out in those videos. And he came back. And remember, he wasn't supposed to have any influence. Now, didn't he fire two people this week? Uh, He's been there 25 years. Okay, so I don't know if you're you're talking about Adam Hopkins, who was the VP of Communications. I don't know if Adam was let go or he left. All we know is that he is no longer with the company. Uh, so I can't confirm one way or the other. And I'm I'm saying that because I did talk to Adam, uh, but I can't confirm whether or not he quit or he was let go. It seems two weeks before the Royal Rumble where you're going to have heavy media in town and he's the guy who's usually running the show for the media events. Two weeks before that, you're going to let him go? I don't know about that. That's just me speculating on that. The timing seems weird on this. But Sean Ross at Fightful Select did report today that they were doing office cuts uh, within WWE as well. So it, it, the timing be damned. Maybe they did just decide to make a bunch of cuts and go that direction so and devon dudley left the company after seven years being a producer yeah he left today as well so wow uh things they are a changing on the show i'm gonna say no at least not live in person but i could be wrong I wouldn't be surprised, even though I know there are some people out there that think the powers that be are going to stop Vince McMahon from getting on television and getting to the. Okay, let me let me let me let me just go ahead and say this loud and clear for those people. 
Vince is the powers that be. He runs the whole damn thing. He can do whatever he wants, and he's going to do whatever the hell he wants. Can we talk about my boy, Los Angeles Knight, uh, who came down to... (laughs) Who came down to the ring tonight to take on Jeffrey Jobber? Uh, he got the win despite some Bray Light tr- Bray Wyatt light trickery. Very very quick match, but it was what happened afterwards. SP3, the triumphant return of the Firefly Funhouse. I can't express how much I missed the Firefly Funhouse segments. I'm not saying this is something that they should do every week, like it was. It was an every week staple. But if they're going to do something like with Bray Wyatt, like they kind of did with Mick Foley, but amped up to 11, where he's just a different persona or different character. He's just got these like Michael Keaton and multiplicity, right? Like he's just got different personalities that different traits that he showcases every different week. And occasionally we take a trip to the fun house. I think I'm, I'm all for that. I think it added a bit of entertainment value tonight. I liked what they did with this one. Uh, the Uncle Howdy little teaser there. Um, and I look, I'm, I'm ready to go for, for this matchup uh, at the Royal rumble, whatever the hell I'm the interested is. in the pitch, the pitch black match. I'm they, they don't even know what it is. They, they have no rules. If it has any rules, it's a no holds barred match. that's going to take place under some neon lighting. That's exactly what it is. Maybe they'll have some mountain dew, uh, at the ringside. Uh, maybe they'll plat. They'll they'll do like what uh, AEW does with DraftKings, and they'll put Mountain Dew over the corners of the the ring apron or something like that. But uh, there's going to be some heavy advertising, some neon lights. It's going to be hard to see on the app, but hopefully I'll be able to see it well in person. Well, I'm interested in it. I just want to see what they're going to do with it because they've advertised it, and I'm sure they have something in mind, but I don't know what it is. I can't even conceive what that match would be, but. I'm interested in watching it. Well, SP3, they have a very, very long and healthy track record when it comes to advertisements and plugs during matches. Can we not forget uh, the horror show at Extreme Rules when we had the zombie match? I mean, just a storied success. That wasn't uh, even at the horror show of Extreme Rules. That was at a WrestleMania backlash. We got was it really? Oh, match. man. That would have made more sense if it was at <laughs> the horror show at Extreme I'm Rules. Dreading, I'm dreading this so much. I can't even enjoy this story. I I love I love the Firefly Funhouse. I remember my me and my missus first got together. I was showing her the Firefly Funhouse stuff. I I enjoy it, but I'm just dreading this pitch black match. I don't think it's gonna be good. Bray Wyatt does not have a good history with lights in general. No, he doesn't. So... I don't know why they do this. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. They tried to do it with with uh, with Judgment Day and the purple light BS, and it wasn't working then either. Guys, you're putting together a television show. Lighting is everything. If your audience can't see it, it don't matter how good it is. And by the way, having your wrestlers wrestle in the dark, that shit ain't safe, Dutch. Why are you doing that? They may have, as was surfing on my computer, and I bought me, I seldom buy anything, but it's a wraparound headband with lights on it, like a headlamp. They may put them in that. They're pretty cheap. They're only like six bucks. <laughs> That's probably why I bought it. But hey, it's a it's a pitch black match, and I'm interested in 
and seeing what they do. And if it's good, I'll say it's good. If it if it, if it if it's bad, I'll say it's the shits. And then I'll say I agreed with you guys that I, I hated the whole concept, but I don't hate the concept. So we'll see. We'll see. That's that's why we they have these pay per views to see what they're going to do. So. Yeah. They had my attention. I think it's going to be interesting. Hopefully people can see it. Maybe they'll be dressed in like glow sticks or something and it'll look kind of like a rave sort of thing that they got going on. I don't know. We'll figure it out. They'll figure it out, I'm sure. About Rampage. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. We got a couple of couple of notes here. Couple of final notes here. Charlotte and uh her new banger theme kicked off hour number two. Queen called out Sonya Deville. Uh, the Detroit uh, crowd told her she sucked a lot. Uh, she demanded another title shot, and uh, Charlotte challenged her to a fight right then and there. Sonya says nothing in for her in that situation, and then she delivers a cheap shot with Adam Pierce comes out. These two are going to end up fighting at the Royal Rumble. SP3, what would you think of uh, this segment tonight? It was a segment. We could talk about Rampage now. <laughs> I I don't even know why we, we I was confused why we wasted time even bringing that up. It was a segment. Uh, it we wasn't, had so, it wasn't that good. We had several superstars declare for the Royal Rumble tonight, including Shayna Baszler, Karrion Cross, and Zelina Vega. All right, let me uh, find my notes for Rampage. Okay, we'll start off here with Jungle Boy and Ethan Page. SP three a tit slapping good time tonight. Jack Perry gets the win after uh, Page. Tried to roll him up, grabbed a big old handful of Matt Hardy's ponytail for leverage, and then he caught a back elbow. Jungle Jack rolls him up for the win, and we get a little post-segment. Uh, well, we were four minutes into this show, and uh, Stokely Hathaway was already pissed off. Uh, he grabs the mic. He's all pissed off at the end of it. They're all blaming Matt Hardy. At the end of it, we get a tag team match set up for Dynamite. We got Jungle Hook versus Paige and Hardy. What would you think of the opening of the show I thought that this show would have been better if they flipped the opener and the main event. I felt like this Jungle Boy, Ethan Page, these were the two kind of bigger stars than more than Daniel Garcia and Action Andretti in the uh, in the main event. I wish they would have flipped that over because especially if you have Jungle Boy and Hook after they drew the big rating on Dynamite later in the show, people will continue to watch. I know there's probably people that saw Jungle Boy and Hook and probably turned off the TV because they draw the female the female viewers so you need to make sure you put that at the end of the show but this was a good match continues the whole angle with ethan page and matt hardy sets up a match for dynamite so checked a couple of boxes didn't i see that matt had turned broken why why is he not no he's turning broken okay. because he's he's running he's he's running out of patience with ethan page kind of just bossing him around Okay, but that that's happening. It's it's gonna. I thought I saw like he turned into the broken version of himself on a video on Twitter early this week, but it's been a busy week, so I could have been watching something old. I'm not sure. Uh, Dutch, what did you think of the opener on Rampage this evening? Eh, it's okay, <laughs> but I, I I do agree with Sid. It should have been reversed. I think because more people know who they are. Then know the two guys, the Andrade Dreddy guy or whatever the their names in the main event. But they had a good match. It was okay. I think it was a little bit overly produced, I think. But hey, that uh Ethan Page, he put some weight on, didn't he? 
He lost. Yeah. He lost a lot of weight, actually. A lot of weight. What did he look before? Like two ton Harris or what? Little. He's he's a little pudgy. He looked like yeah. I, I watched him down. He was laying down, and you know that gut was <gasps> looked like he was a little blowed up. You know who else was blowed up? Uh, Mac. What's his name? Willie Mac. Willie Mac. He would blow it up too. We'll get we'll get to Willie Mac here in, in a minute. But SP three, uh, some some <laughs> some big storyline uh, implications here. Shit got real tonight. Uh, between uh, Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. Ortiz gets the mic from uh, Tony Schiavone and calls Kingston down. Um, said, look, man, I'm going to go to our mentor here. Homicide would call you a, a fake tough guy for trying to hit uh, Julia Hart with a chair last week. He is berating this man over and over. And, yeah, Kingston wasn't having any of that shit. He 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 beat the fuck out of him with a steel chair tonight. So uh, th- these two appear to be done. I felt like I was watching to uh, a Spanish family argue at a bodega in New York. This felt this felt very genuine. This felt very real. <laughs> Ortiz calling Eddie a fake tough guy, and Eddie had the perfect response. I'm gonna hit you with the chair. I came out with the chair. You should you should have knew better not to talk talk to me like that, Eddie. You you could tell the House of Black had won this mind game, and they oh, had yeah. caused a dissension between Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. I thought Kingston played this up well. I thought Ortiz was good on the mic this was probably the best thing on this show probably was they did a good interview and it's believable it didn't go long if you watch a fight on the street it don't go for 10 minutes it'll go for a minute maybe a lot less then it's over they get their point made one guy gets his ass whipped one guy leaves or whatever cops show up everybody runs yeah oh that's right exactly Eddie, Eddie hit him and got out of there before the cops came. <laughs> he hit there across that back pretty solid. Yeah, he did. So Eddie's believable. He really is. All right. So we uh we rolled into then Brian Cage in his tune-up match ahead of uh Wednesday's showdown with Brian Danielson. He's going against Willie Mack, uh Dutch's boy here, Willie Mack. <laughs> I enjoyed this match. These these two dudes were pulling off some moves that dudes their size have no business pulling off. I I thought this was a a really great competitive match. And SP3, tell me if I'm overthinking and overreacting as I tend to do. I get trying to showcase Willie. All right, you were impressed with him in a match that he had earlier. You want to see what he can do. So you're going to give him a full fledged tryout here. Obviously Brian is going to go over in the match, but you, you, you want to showcase Willie, put him on a platform on national TV and see how he does. But when Brian cage barely gets a win over this guy days before he is supposed to be this massive roadblock put in place by MJF, it just seems like poor timing to do this kind of match shouldn't this not have been a Brian Cage tune-up match where he just beats the piss out of somebody and looks like a, a a giant monster or am I overreacting a little bit here 
that probably would have been more effective for building him up for Brian Danielson. But I've been seeing with, with Brian Cage, they just want him to go out there and have good to great matches. And that's what he, they had a good to great match on Dark Elevation in LA uh, two, well last week. And then they had this good match here. I thought this was more for, you know, to get Willie Mack attention. You saw a bunch of people online wanting Willie Mack to get signed after this. This was a nice showcase for him. But yeah. I agree that it wasn't as strong of a push for Brian Cage if he is going to be this new big obstacle and he he probably should have broke Willie's arm after the match I think that would have been effective in building up the whole story going into the match yeah. with Brian Danielson of MJF paying him to break his arm and, and that's a point too in the fact that MJF did says to Brian he doesn't care if he beats Daniel or Brian Danielson excuse me he doesn't care if he beats him he just wants him to hurt him. So maybe that's part of the mindset there. But uh, Dutch, what did you think about this match? You you, you didn't seem to be too impressed with, with your boy, Willie. Well, it, it was a match. I don't really know the background of it or the concept of it. I don't, I, I'm, I, I hardly, I don't ever watch Dynamite. So that's, you guys refer to that. So I don't know what's going on. The match was fine. I think it went just a little bit too long. I think uh, let's go to commercial and keep it, keep the the split screen. I've never liked that too much, but the match for what it was intended for, I guess it accomplished its purpose. I don't know. We had one women's match in oh God. three hours tonight. One women's match in three hours tonight it was jade cargill layla gray defeating the jobettes um this was a this <laughs> was job, a sh- i like that the jobettes you're welcome where did they find those girls at a bus stop or what <laughs> I, I, I i never like to say anyone is bad but they didn't get one offensive no and this, this was this was a nice showcase for Layla tonight. I, I like the fact that Jade, as commentary said, just, you know, looked put out in the fact that she had to be in this match and she just let Layla go out there and, and, and whoop these two sisters ass up and down. But the thing that sold it for me at the end was Layla going for the pin and Jade is like, nope, no, 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 no. If anybody's getting me to 49 and oh, it's me. Hand hand this chick over. I'm gonna slam her down to the mat, and I'm gonna pin her. I I thought that was that was great, but otherwise this uh, I I don't know what what purpose this this really uh. Had. Let me ask you this: When she said no, 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 I want the pin. The girl just got up, and said okay. Yeah, she, she, she acted a little pissed off. No. No, because Jay. Well, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, SP3, but uh, Layla is not officially signed to AEW, is she? I don't. I don't think so. We've never got the all elite graphic, but they have established that if you get out of line with Jade, she'll just fire you. She fired yeah. Kira Hogan. She's fired Red Velvet because Red Velvet wasn't feeling <laughs> being bossed around by Jade, but. Layla Gray, that's why she's the uh, the lone baddie now is because yeah. she is going to listen to Jade because she knows better. She knows where her biscuit gets buttered, say, unlike Kira and Red. That's her meal but ticket. They, she, ain't, she ain't gonna risk that. See, they have pretty good story beginnings, but they don't really 
like WWE, they will take you inside that story and you understand it. But this, you know, I've been talking about those 45 second interviews they do. You can't do nothing in 45 seconds. Well, so you really know the background. They could get a little deeper in this Jade story and yeah. it would mean, mean a hell of a lot more. But they one of the better. One of the better things on the show, in my opinion, was done in 45 seconds was the Darby Allen promo that yeah. set up his match with uh, Buddy Matthews, him talking about the history with him with the House of Black. I didn't even realize that he's actually pinned Malachi at All Out. He's beaten Brody King, and now there's only one member of House of Black he hasn't beaten yet. But has well, he pinned Julia, damn it? <laughs> That's who's going to dethrone him for the TNT Championship. You can book it right now. Well, if they'd have taken their time with some of those other interviews, they may have meant more too. Yeah, Darby Allen did it. He did a, a decent interview, a good interview. Yeah, he's been on a good roll over the last few weeks for sure. Uh, you uh, brought up the main event earlier. Action Andretti as Dutch goes. Oh, God, it's the pitch black match. It's the Mountain Dew pitch black match. Oh, no, Dutch is back. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Ray Wyatt's here. Uh, Action Andretti defeats Daniel Garcia and his leather pants in the main event tonight with a running shooting star press. Uh, they obviously see something here in Action Andretti. They haven't beat Chris Jericho clean as a sheet. They sign him. Now he's beaten Daniel Garcia. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if Sammy Guevara is next down the line at some point. Um, impressive running shooting star press. The kids obviously got some skills. Didn't quite connect with, with all of the moves. Um, not even saying that's necessarily his fault. Daniel could have been in the you know wrong spot. Not everything connected tonight. I thought this was another good showing for uh, Action Andretti tonight, though. I didn't think it was as impressive as his match with Chris Jericho. Like you said, he was he whiffed on a couple of moves, especially the the Arabian press to the outside, yeah. uh, the moonsault to the outside, where he was like on here and Daniel was over here and he just fell. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, he didn't look as Chris as he did with that match with Chris Jericho, but he's, he's still green. He's still young in his career, but it was at least a solid, a solid affair there with Daniel Garcia who's really good and always lays his stuff in. He's very stiff. He held the match together despite Andretti not really hitting a lot of the moves here. So I give the credit to Daniel Garcia here. Action Andretti gets another win sets up the tag team match with the sex gods versus uh the house of half black on wednesday that's what, what you think of the main event did you get to watch much of the main event tonight eh. <laughs> I, I leave the main event about five minutes till the hour because i gotta come up here and i gotta come in here and set this stuff up so but i did see a little bit of it I hope they're right about this Andretti kid because he's getting a he's getting a big shove right now. Yeah. So let's see where, where they can take this with him. I mean, they've done this before where they have put these young guys in a big spotlight. But I mean, SP3, is there anybody you can compare him to as far as collecting wins at this caliber? this this fast because i i think back to to dante martin right they kept putting him in big spots but he kept losing he always had a great showing but he would lose i can't think of anybody that's been this young 
that they have. All right, well, we're gonna have we're gonna put him over Chris Jericho. Now we're gonna put him over Daniel Garcia, who's a guy they have spent years at this point uh, building up. They're giving him some wins fast here. I can't rem- really remember them doing that with anybody else. No, they usually do the kind of the slow burn to these guys getting the wins. Like Jungle Boy got a lot of losses before he started picking up wins, yeah. getting big, uh, you know, big victories. Same with Darby Allen. He lost to uh, he lost to, you know, uh, Cody a bunch of times before he eventually beat him. Hook is a different level because Hook really hasn't beaten anyone like that. Like Andretti beat Chris Jericho. Yeah, he beat, he's beaten Daniel Garcia, who is one of the top like mid card guys are AEW so hook beating a whole bunch of jobbers in like a minute or two is not the same as the like you said the push that action Andretti is getting right now so I do agree with that the only person that I think is greater than him is MJF who actually guys won the best heel of the year last year in the first annual sports keto wrestling awards and I think, guys, MJF is going to be the best heel of the year for the second annual Sports Kita Awards. I think Women's Wrestler of the Year was Brit, was Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, or Bianca oh, yeah. Belair. Yeah, so I don't know who's going to win this year. Who do you got, Dutch? Who do you think is going to be the Women's Wrestler of the Year for the second annual, the 2022 edition of the Sports Keto Wrestling Awards? The Sports Keto Wrestling Awards. The Sports Keto Wrestling Awards. Talk about the award show. The one yeah. that's from Sports Keto. You talk about yeah. that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who, who do you think is going to be Female Wrestler of the Year, potentially? Female Wrestler of the Year. Uh that's a good question. I don't think Britt Baker will win it again this year. I just don't. I really don't. I think Bianca Belair, possibly. I, it, it's hard to say anybody had a better year than Bianca, really. I mean, she has kind of reached that Cena-level booking that we haven't really quite seen out of anybody since John Cena. Like, she just beats literally everybody. Doesn't matter the obstacles. She overcomes everything, and she's fantastic she's fantastic she never ceases to amaze me when she's in the ring i think it would be hard um gonna be interesting jamie Hayter maybe came on late toward the end of last year um possibly to give her uh give her some competition Kyrie, when becoming the first uh iwgp women's champion possibly so i mean there's 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 blood last week who was that who who did what oh ruby yeah ruby could be in there too just for that match. That would be 2023. I would say Jade Cargill yeah. makes an argument undefeated TBS champion for the entire year. If you're out more, you know, you watch wrestling outside of the top two promotions. Mickey James had a hell of a year with her last rodeo, which culminated early in 2023. You also had Shuri over in stardom, who was the PWI woman's 150 number one entrant, who is basically the Brock Lesnar of Yoshi Joshi wrestling. She was a former MMA fighter and completely destroyed everyone in stardom in 2022. So if you watch more widespread wrestling, she made a great argument as well as Julia uh, winning the five-star Grand Prix and ending 2022 as the World of Stardom champion. All right, Dutch, I got one final question for you before we wrap up the show here tonight. One final question. I want to bring this up. I want to bring this up while they're still in it because we have had several people bring up the Jacksonville Jaguars today as they they play the Kansas City Chiefs tomorrow with the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. 
As you well know, the Jacksonville Jaguars are owned by Shad and Tony Khan. Yes. AEW. As you also are well, uh, well know, when a major sports franchise wins a world championship, WWE will send them a world championship WWE belt with the custom side plates. Yes. If the Jacksonville Jaguars somehow pull off a miracle, beat Kansas City, beat Cincinnati, and beat San Francisco, let's just say, in the, and wins the Super Bowl, does WWE send them, the cons, a world championship with the Jaguars emblem on it? And if so, what does Tony Khan do with it? I think it'd be great for them, AEW, to show that belt off. WWE sent it, said, hey, this is our custom. We'll send it to him. I think Tony Khan would go crazy with it. He would turn it. That that helps both companies, to tell you the truth. And I think Tony Khan, he'd be like a little kid on the second Christmas morning. If you had two Christmases right in a row, he, he could get the same present two days in a row, and he'd be just as happy the second day. I think I, I would love to see that because, you know, Tony Khan, I don't know if he'd bring it on the show, but he'd tear it up on social media. Usually you got the players who are carrying it in the championship parade and they're passing it around and they're throwing it over. I look, I think Tony Khan needs to get ahead of this and, and make custom, you know, AEW Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguar championship belts and give one to each member of the damn team and have them thrown over their shoulders. SP three. And I talked about this, I believe on, on another network, uh, SP three brought up, uh, what Steven said, doing a lunder blaze and drop the WWE championship in a trash can and then pull out an AEW world title belt. Uh, I got a better idea, guys. I got a better idea. He gets the WWE world championship. He throws it in the trash and he doesn't bring out the AEW world championship. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. He brings out the Sports Keto Wrestling Award that he's going to win for Best Booker <laughs> of 2022, guys. Oh, yeah. Tony Khan. That's, That's what, what he should do. Hey, who will win Booker of the Year? It should be Tony Khan so he can bring it out in the Super Bowl parade for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was good. All of a sudden, the Sports Keto. I, I yeah. fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. I had oh, no idea where you were going that with that. that. That was great comedy. I had all right. I've had enough. Sports Kita Wrestling Awards next month. Keep an eye out on sportskita.com, Sports Kita Wrestling Facebook page. We'll be back. Ne- well, these guys will be back next week. I will be, I will be in San Antonio, Texas, baby. Oh, so I got some stuff that I'm gonna be working on while I'm down there for the Royal Rumble. So hope y'all enjoy. And yes, Steven, please. Go Bengals. Let's find a way. Hey, that's one, one thing. The Bengals have a quarterback. Where did he play college ball? Uh, LSU. Before that, Ohio State. Bullshit. Jacksonville has a quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, you said – I thought you said the Bengals. Well, I meant the Jaguars. You said the Bengals, so the Jaguars. Well, I yeah. the Bengals. You said the Bengals. You, yeah. see how he, you see how he is it always picking my shit apart. He just tears it up. Well, but the look, Jaguars quarterback played at but, Clemson, yes. Yeah. He threw, last week, four interceptions and a fumble. He didn't fumble in the first half, and they were down like 30 to nothing. 
and they come nothing, yeah. won, was down 27 nothing. They come back and won 31 to 30. That was a great game. One of the better games I've ever seen. I actually, I even, I even, you know, texted Tony and told him congratulations on his win. And he texted back right away. He said, thanks. Oh, I thought he sent the middle finger emoji. No, he no, did. Like... Thank you, Dutch. And tell Rick and said to go kiss my ice. Nah, he's lying. What he really said was, thank you so much, Dutch. Yeah. Stay tuned for AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage this Wednesday and this Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And vote in the Sports Kita year-end awards. That's what he said. And I'm We're out. Guys, I'll see you later. All right. Take care, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. See ya. We the people.